Welcome to the High Ground Podcast, I'm Stevie. And Callum. And today we're back with In Defense of... Yay. And today we're in defense of... Die another day. Good die. Uh, what have we done? Yeah, this is actually going to be more one of the more interesting ones, me thinking. Released in 2002, which is uh, the... Was the 40th anniversary? Yeah, it was. Of uh, Eon's James Bond series. And the twentieth James Bond movie, directed by uh, Lee Tamahori. Isn't he the director of? Uh, yeah, I feel like I know who that is. I think he did uh, Once for Warriors. If I'm right. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on a budget of one hundred and forty thousand, it grossed in the U.S. Uh, one hundred and sixty million, with a worldwide gross of four hundred thirty-one million dollars how <laughs> yeah this was the and is also the final uh james bond in the original timeline yeah and uh chris brosnan's final as well wasn't yeah it? he did if i'm right was it four yeah four james bond four, and yeah. i mean i gotta say okay i'm gonna start with saying you know i saw this at the cinema as did i and it was only my third James Bond movie at the cinema, but I got me. I really did enjoy it on first viewing. Oh yeah, I should I. I mean, it was my third as well, funny enough. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of those ones that you quickly thought afterwards. Was that really as good as I remember? Yeah, yeah it wasn't quite the Phantom Menace thing where years later everyone claims they hated it from the start. Like, I actually did like it, and yeah. then quickly thought, hang on, that maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. I I, I don't know. Really, you touch touch on the uh, Phantom Menace that you just mentioned. How you know people loved it, hated it, and they're now beginning to come round to actually enjoying yeah. it again. Die Another Day is one of the ones that it's this still, is great. This yeah. is the twentieth James Bond movie. This is buy it on DVD because I remember how good it was at the cinema. And then you go you okay, like, um, yeah. Second, third view, and now this is all right. Wait, then by the time you hit your fourth and fifth view, it's like. I'm not watching this. Yeah, I'm not dumb watching. shit. It's one of the ones that you have in your collection just to be a completist. There it is. Yeah. But you know, it's. I mean, it's all there. I mean, the opening, the the, the pre-credits, which actually bleeds into the film itself. Yeah. I mean, it sets it up as being. It's it's fantastic having James Bond captured and interrogated for months. I yeah, I must admit, actually, rewatching it, what I did find quite good about it, the film was. The action sequences are actually quite well directed. Like, it doesn't cut too much. There's, like you say, the hovercraft sequence at the beginning was really good. Yeah. And um, South North Korea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually, it's probably one of my, I actually do like it. It's probably one of my favourite opening sequences, actually. Because yeah. you, you've got the the entry onto the, the bad guy's territory. And it actually does tie into the rest of the film, doesn't it? Unlike a lot of them. And that's why I like. I mean, I like the whole thing of James Bond being captured, and yeah. they, they, they could have turned it into a revenge thing. Yeah, I actually thought that's where they were going at first. Because it's something we hadn't seen before, really, isn't it? Nice to that extent. No, I mean, uh, we've never. I mean, he's been captured, but never for yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the reference just after the credits uh, to the cyanide when he's released, yeah. and how there's a, a rat amongst the camp, and both sides want to know who. Who it is? Who it is, yeah. and nobody knows. Oh, sorry, the mole. 
uh, and everybody don't they, we don't know who the mole is and and it, and it's and it leaves it all open to to be. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, sorry, License to Kill, where he he resigns. Yeah. One of the many times he resigns. Yeah. <laughs> to go on a revenge mission. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that actually would have worked because they set the the tone for it in License to Kill that that Bond can be personal with things. Yeah. You know, and so I, I, I don't know why they didn't go back to this one, but I mean, I actually do like that line, the one you just mentioned about the, the Sinoco, where she says, well, we gave you a Sinoco, and he says, I threw it away years ago, yeah. you know, like, I would never even need it, like, be, like we because we all know Bond wouldn't crack under torture. Yeah. He, I, he, he knows his fate, he accepts yeah. it. Yeah. He says that. I also think it's, it's probably, it's definitely unintentional because it was way before, but it kind of brings to mind the whole silver thing with the cyanide pill, doesn't it? Because yeah, there's a lot of He did actually take it, and mm. it went wrong. You know, and it, it's that less glamorous side of being a spy, isn't it? Being caught and tortured. And yeah. It's quite sort of intense, the torture scene. But then it just gets ruined by Madonna's fucking rubbish song. <laughs> oh, as I call it, I mean... Why is that maybe? Is that 2001? Uh, you got Gold Member, which is also Madonna. Is it Gold Member that's Madonna? Does the book, does the, the sound? No, it was um, Spire Shagney, the one before. Yeah. So you've got Madonna doing this, the doing. I the never soundtrack. even made that connection yeah. there, actually. Yeah. And that, and I I do think at times it does come across as Austin Powers four. As it's the one line in that I, one of the one of the lines I really detest. I know which one you're gonna say. <laughs> Bond, I believe this is your watch. Your twentieth. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's the same scene with. I mean, we will touch on this later. The vanish. That's the yeah. vanish. That's the man. I call it the vanquish. We call it the vanish. And you're just thinking, give me a, yeah. give me a, a break. Don't have a cue if it's not cue. Yeah. I kind of love John Cleese, but an ER or something in this cast. Yeah. In the uh, the world is not enough. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think the world is not enough. I think is another mediocre. Bond film, I think that Tomorrow Never Dies and Gold Golden Eye is in in my top yeah, five. Perfection, isn't it? I mean, I've actually warmed to Welcome Not Enough. Over. Yeah, some there's, there's loads of things in it that should work, and they don't. I was talking about the action. The fencing yeah. scene's really good. I think that's quite a good action sequence. Yeah. It's really well choreographed, and you know, it's just Bond being Bond, isn't it? But then you've got things like the the surfing. Ride the tsunami. Yeah, I'd, like what? Where does that come from? And even the the car chase is good, well filmed, and like you want to see the gadgets, don't you? But I don't know. It's just things just don't seem to flow through a con- to a logical conclusion in it. I think um, the whole third act with the ice palace. Yeah. Uh, uh, when the when you get to the you know that and I thought that, you know even sound even sets. That they, they do on the sound stage, this old soundstage work for every other Bond film looks fantastic. Yeah. I found that the sets look too plastic. It reminded yeah, me of yeah. Batman and Robin in the you yeah, know, when yeah. they do the Vista Freeze. 100%. And to me, that took me out of the film. And, and they use diamonds as well. <laughs> yeah. It's. I, I just. I Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you've always got that expectation of like the Ken Adams grandiose, like, you know, sets that aren't necessarily like that they don't have to be massive but they have to feel massive like yeah. the, i mean even like the first ever set you see on dr no 
Doctor Who's base. Like for 1962, that was amazing. You know, it still looks great today. And he had the, and the volcano layer as well. It's probably the best Bond set of them all. You know, and yeah, you just don't get that sense. I mean, the, the last act is on a plane as well. You know, yeah. it's claustrophobic and I don't know. It just doesn't. Bond doesn't really seem to work when he's claustrophobic. Even Skyfall, it's outside spaces and. You know, you've, like the scene with the house at the end, yeah. but they they do eventually come out of the house. That, but yeah, I think Dying of a Day is like a really—it's a weird film, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't feel like a Bond film after a certain point. I think. I mean, uh, uh, for years I, I was—I grew up with I'm Roger Moore era, and uh, I think I was as well, to be honest. I saw more of his films first because he's the gateway for kids. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. But uh, even that is more believable than some of the stuff in this. I mean, uh, A View to a Kill, a great score. Yeah. But the film, he's. I mean, no disrespect to Roger Moore, may he rest in peace. But he was a bit too old at that point. He oh, he knew he was, didn't he? He even said, you know, when he found out the Bond girl's mum was younger than him, he said it was time to hang up the, yeah. the holster. <laughs> but everybody was used to him, so. Yeah. They when they tried to be gritty, I mean Timothy Dalton, to me is oh he's fantastic he is, and you can see you can imagine Timothy Dalton's Bond being Daniel Craig's Bond yeah whereas Brosnan's Bond you can see is a continuation of, of Connery's Bond especially in Goldeneye Goldeneye yeah definitely yeah and then and then he sort of morphs into more doesn't he yeah by by, by down over day I mean it's a farce isn't it mm. it's just it's, it's it feels like a, like you say it feels like a spoof. It's from Austin Powers movie. It does. At least Austin Powers is honest that it's spoofing. I know you're not a fan, are you? No. It is. It's openly a spoof, isn't it? Like yeah. They're not pretending to be serious. Whereas I think Fine Every Day is sort of trying to convince you that it's still a bomb film. It is, but it's and it's the gadgets. Or more, and it's yeah. they get sillier and sillier, don't they? I think uh, they needed it to try and get they were it's, it's, it's very audience friendly I mean I, I was yeah you know uh, you could define it if you ever wanted to and this didn't I didn't realise this until I was watching it for the podcast but it's a perfect gateway Bond movie if you wanted to show someone that's never seen a James Bond film you don't you don't stick them in Casino Royale you don't stick no. them in with, from Russia with Love on Majesty's Secret Service Doctor No even yeah I think Things like Doctor No are too slow, and I think I don't know. Yeah, maybe Casino Royale's a bit. They're a bit too sort of dark, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I've never even thought about it that way. But yeah, it's the perfect because it, it's got way in. Yeah, it's got every. Because you know, if you suddenly say to someone, because you're 25 bond, 24 as of recording, we've got 24 on release, or 25 on the way, with no time to die. Maybe you wanted to show someone, this is what you're gonna get. In all the other 24 Bond films, you'll have a bit of action, you'll have a bit of seriousness, you'll have a bit of silliness, uh, yeah, as well, and, yeah. And that does encompass all the yeah. I I, I, I would I would completely agree with that. Actually, it's probably just changed my opinion on it a little bit. Actually, I, I think we're looking at it as hardcore Bond fans, aren't we? And yeah. What we want isn't quite there, but what an, it it's kind of like I suppose it's like the Abrams Star Trek films isn't it yeah they're not like hardcore Trek but 
they made loads of money and loads of people got back into Star Trek because of them. So, oh, yeah. did we not owe them something as well? Maybe Dino did did that for a lot of Bond fans or people that wanted to be Bond fans. For me, I I hundred percent agree with you because as soon as well, I remember when Dino the Day came out, I, they was they were doing uh, in promotions. Uh, you uh, uh, buy Bond to get Bond free. Yes, yeah. So I was building up a DVD yeah. collection. So I was going out and buying the Bond films I'd never seen before. So it is a like you said, it it, it was good for that. Yeah. I remember when um, Tomorrow Never Dies came out. There was a a marathon on TV called Double O Heaven. Nice. And it was like a Bond from every week from the start. It was uh, it was just in my element. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I I mean I was. I liked Bond when I was a kid. I mean, I went to see a licensed uh, Living Daylights at the cinema. And then I went, oh, yeah, then Goldeneye, which I wasn't a fan of on the original release. Now it's like I define Goldeneye. You know, Xena on top is my favorite. I know she's not technically a Bond girl, but to oh, me, she's cool though. She, I love. I do. She's I, probably I, the best femme fatale, isn't she? Yeah. I actually, along with um, Electra King, I think she's a good villain in a not so good film. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But it's the same with Bond anywhere, isn't it? Like, it's a, it's like Batman. You'd have to leave the planet to find someone who doesn't know who James Bond yeah. is. Or has some semblance of what he does. Everyone's got their idea. Like you say, everyone's got their idea of what Bond is or does or was. And, yeah, that is kind of the perfect film for them, to be honest, isn't it? I mean, Bond is, uh, you know, if you say you he, he, he's royalty. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It's just that he wasn't born into it. Yeah, 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 precisely, yeah. And he'd take Trump, Jason Bourne any day yeah. <laughs> in my eyes. I was like, I, I was like, of course I do. If you're British, you do. You have to. You have to know who James yeah. Bond is. And what he drives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wasn't it a, a Bentley in the book? Yeah, 1933 Bentley with an Amherst Villiers engine. And there is actually a character called Villiers in Casino Royale. Oh, wow. These are Diamonds. Yes. Which is a link to the other worst Bond film. Diamonds are forever. I did not... I actually actually thought it was alright, and then we were debating it a while ago, and I was like, no, you're actually right. It commits the worst sin of all in a Bond film. It's boring. And I just... That was literally it's like Terminator Three. The only thing holding it together is the main star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got it. Uh, for me, they brought him back just as a cash cow to keep oh, the franchise alive. I think he was paid the most of any actor at the time yeah. to come back. But yeah, it's just even at least Dino the Day is somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. You can laugh at it, and at least, at least that's it's like the same level of like you know like Street Fighter it's nowhere near a good film but it's you can put it on any time and you can yeah. enjoy it I, I, I don't get that with Diamonds Are Forever uh, it's, it's one you have in your collection to be a completist yeah yeah I mean for me for me if you're if you want, uh, you know for for Sean Connery and uh, uh, and I'm saying this only because uh, everyone balls Goldfinger uh, but, but <laughs> sorry yeah it, that's it, my fault yeah it's everyone no, everyone literally if you it, it's def- it is a definitive one, but for me, it's from Russia with Love with Connery. Russia Love's like an underdog one. Like people forget how good it actually is, because it was like the 
they did a bit more than Doctor No, but not quite as much as Goldfinger. But it's the one that's important because it's the lead into Goldfinger. Yeah. So I think, I yeah, I would agree with that. That is that is is. I mean, that fight on the train as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't even find action sequences that good now. Roller Shaw, yeah, Rick Grant is so good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, just kind of mix him together with Quint, don't you? Yeah. I just imagine Quint being like a grizzled version of <laughs> Red Grant. Yeah, which ties into Jaws, yeah. another film we love, which is Jaws, but which also becomes a bomb villain. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Didn't see that. Ha. I just thought I saw it now. Moonraker, another one that's better than Die Another Day with yeah. Jaws in, which I actually like. Very similar. Yeah. Ott, that is. Yeah. Again, product of Star Wars, which you can yeah. also add. A, you can also also add that Star Wars is also you know the effects company. It's one yeah. DLM, which is heavy CG, which also goes to Die Another Day. Yeah. Which Die Another Day was actually it was a product of its of the late nineties and the use of CG in it. Yeah, definitely. So, and I suppose you could argue if that had if it had been the critical success and everyone had loved it, maybe we wouldn't have had Casino Royale. We would have continued on this timeline. No, no doubt. I mean, it's only the failures that dictate a change in direction, isn't it? I mean, like we said about Star Trek, Nemesis was terrible, so let's try something new and um, maybe they wouldn't have done... Yeah, like you say, maybe they wouldn't have done that. Maybe they would have carried on yeah. being silly. You know, like they did with License to Kill, didn't work, so let's reboot it again after a long time yeah like Nemesis it took a while for the JJ yeah. so but you do need that time to people to forget yeah of course you do yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas with The Living Daylight that came two years after A View to Kill and he was still in too much in people's mind yeah but going back to you know it, to defend as, as his defence of Dying of the Day people were still clutching on to the this idealized version the, the connery brosnan idea of what bond should look like because yeah. i remember uh, people websites daniel craig or craig not bond.com people were literally slating it i was like i just want to see what he looks yeah. like then as soon as the first trailer dropped everybody was like yeah. all these assholes part of my language <laughs> were like suddenly changed them their mind yeah and bond's not blonde was one of them yeah. as well like I, I always, for the first time, because my little rule with the next Bond is I don't believe it till I see it. Yeah. Same with like Batman and that. You know, you hear so much rumor nowadays. You just, I just switch off. But from the time I saw him, you know that video where he's on the speedboat and he's got yeah. the life jacket on. I thought that looks like Bond. Yeah. I can imagine that being Bond. You know, and I always thought he was going to be good. And then obviously like he was like Casino Royale was amazing wasn't it oh yeah and yeah I, I think it. but it's it's a hard thing to always predict whether you're going to get a good bond with the next actor but I would never I wouldn't say any of them have been bad George George Lazenby in a great film but yeah. he sabotaged himself with his own attitude yeah yeah. so kind of good bond but shit person at yeah. the time I think he's acknowledged that though hasn't he yeah he so, made mistakes yeah but uh yeah, I was going to touch on the thing about the, you said about him on the speedboat. Yeah. Even the haters were pu- pulling up that because he was wearing a, uh, a safety jacket. It was insurance reasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want to drown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they say, oh, James Bond wouldn't do that. It's an actor playing a part. Yeah. And, but they don't, these keyboard warriors who 
know everything about films and know everything about their franchise that they're passionate about don't understand the whole process that if he'd gone out there and something had happened the insurance companies would have went absolute psycho yeah and bear in mind that they always do the bigger launches before they even shoot film or, or around the time they so just started production it would have delayed yeah it, yeah and and like james bond isn't real daniel craig is yeah <laughs> they said they can't separate it sometimes can they it's like when we laugh about you know the great carrie when she yeah. talks about like people talking to her about the princess leia and she's like i'm carrie fisher yeah. <laughs> i'm not princess leia <laughs> you know it's uh, it's i oh, it just baffles me i i think it's worse with you if, uh, i mean i don't watch soap operas but 20 odd years ago when i was i had to you know uh when i was doing one of my degree doing a degree and you know i had to do some research and it, you know people treat actors in soaps as if they are the characters and yeah. going on to what you were saying people do think that i mean soaps more than anything because they see them daily it's like they become part and and people get grief for something that their fictional they characters do yeah they haven't yeah the, 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 if anything the writers did yeah <laughs> i would go because I, I, I recently watched game of thrones for the first time yeah and i was blown away by ewan rian uh the kid that played joffrey joffrey and david bradley i was like going i really don't like the characters that they're playing because but they've played them so well yeah i don't job. like them yeah i really like the actors because they've got me hating them yeah which is the their character job, sorry you know and and like ray fines in schindler's list isn't it like yeah i can't stand the guy in that bit but a funny bond relation there as yeah. well but just I mean, and that even ties into that, doesn't it? Your assumption that he will be a bad guy because yeah. you've seen him bad so many times, or Ben Mendelsohn in um, uh, Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, you know, it it plays on that sort of I don't know stereotype that we think is going to happen and doesn't. And I think it's it's nice to see that in something like Bond. Yeah. Brilliant payoff in Skyfall at the end when uh, yeah. when uh, Mallory walks in on Q. Yeah, and. They, you know they don't they, they, he's worked out what Q branch is doing and they're expecting to be shut down yeah. but he says no you have to tell him to do this yeah and he's with them and and his relationships which mentioning Mallory which uh, brings us to M Judy Dench her interestingly her last outing as M yeah but in this timeline and, and I think it's only fitting that that M Q, Judy Dench is James Bond's last boss and first and first yeah and I think that there's no one else can play that no. part I mean I suppose Bernard Lee was the next yeah like he's, he's the next best doesn't he but I, I she's just she was born to play that role yeah. she's so fantastic at it I like the way that she's two different incarnations of the same character and she yeah. treats it as two separate incarnations yeah and you and can you can go to each I don't know but timeline you know timelines in and they do seem different don't they yeah. but it's still the same actress just being judy dench she's brilliant yeah she, i mean just the first time you see her in goldmine yeah you're a sexist misogynist dinosaur yeah. and a relic of the cold war and but she's speaking for the audience in yeah, that one yeah exactly yeah admittedly she is just going through the motions in in this one yeah but she still elevates it yeah which brings us on to uh what about you know, go, uh, which brings us on to uh, what's it, uh, 
I can't I'll, I'll go through my notes. Uh, Falco, uh, played by uh, oh, Michael, Michael Madsen. Madsen. Yeah, yeah. The setting up, and this is what we forget. This is the, they were setting up a Jinx movie, Halle Berry. Yeah. And and I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, but it, this is how much faith they had. And I remember coming out, and then they, eventually it gets canned because when they decided to show it all and go down the reboot. But on first viewing, I mean, one thing that really annoyed me is when uh, she comes out of the water, and it's like, what's the point in the? Yeah, it's just so on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. Like the it's our fortieth birthday, so why not reference? You know, again, there's only one woman that can do that correctly, and she probably can't do that now. <laughs> yeah. But she comes out of the water, and she's still. I mean, it's an orange bikini, but yeah. she's got the knife holder. Yeah, which makes exactly no sense same. when. Uh, French holding the um, books of the West Indies by James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, just strange. Did he not look at that and think that looks like my name? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a nice little. Yeah, it's like a little nod. That is like you know one of the times which you break, break the break the, you know break the fourth wall and you say look now we now we're in the oh my god territory. Yeah, which when you watch it the first time, you go, oh that's a nice little in joke. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you it's like when you see like old Rosa Klebb's shoe and oh, the crocodile from Octopussy and that yeah. was that whole. I love the bit because every time I go to London and I go on embankment, I always go to and I've had this photograph taken so many times uh, to the door to the abandoned station for abandoned agents. Yeah, ah, uh, which it's a closet. Yeah, sorry to break Things. everyone's bubbles, but it does nothing behind it, is there? No, it's just a cleaning cover because I remember seeing it open once and I had to, you know the James Bond fanatic kicks in and you yeah. go, I want to know what's in here. The door's oh. open. Oh, it's a set. It yeah. was a set. Damn. Oh. I just wanted to know what was actually behind that door and when the door was open and it was just cleaning supplies. Yeah. But it's good. It's so iconic when it you is, see yeah. Big Ben, you see the Thames it's and just everything. London, isn't it? Yeah. It is the heart of Bond, isn't it? It is. It is. There is actually one funny line I do like that really works in the you know, the, the vanish bit. And he's like, oh, your new transportation, that little cart just comes along and yeah. it's invisible. And he goes... Maybe you've been down here too long. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought that was quite funny. I mean, it's not John McLeese's fault. No. But, Because, uh, I mean, he's a legend as well, isn't Yeah. He? But, miscast. Yeah. Desmond Llewellyn, he had the, I mean, in Tomorrow Never Dies. No, the, the world enough. is not enough. He, he, the bit where he, he his last lines, which you didn't realise was going to be his, about knowing when to leave, something like, um, and yeah, I've always taught you two things. Never let them see you bleed. Yeah. And always have an escape plan. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, that is just, and I think that of all the dialogue in any James Bond film, that, that is one of my all-time favourite lines, and it's... I mean, I, I have the idea that he was going to retire anyway. Yeah. That's why they refused. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it still didn't make it any easier. It was a, did he not die in a car crash? I'm not sure. I'm sure he did. Like it was, it was but I mean, he's another guy that, like Judy Dench M, that never changes. Yeah. Um, I like what they said about when I think it was uh, with Goldfinger was his first, wasn't it? Yeah. How he he originally was he he was playing it that he was like so much respect because this is James Bond, and he was told was it Guy Hamilton? Yeah. Said that yo, you don't you, you hate this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have you spend all this time making this, and he brings him back damaged, and you treat him with contempt, and it's just his relationship with Bond. Even and I like the ones where he's got more, more like uh, Living Daylights, 
Is it Living? Yeah, Living Dead. Yeah. He's got more of a role. And he times we hear more. And uh, License to Kill, he has a little bit more. He comes to visit him when yeah. he's like. Oh, it's his uncle. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Sorry, License to Kill. Yeah. But I mean, as much as he's supposed to like think Bond's a bit of an asshole, I think he does have that underriding. Like he would hate if anything happened to him, because it's like. It's like M-, M says it in Love's Not Enough as well. Like, um, he's the best one I've got, but I would never tell him because yeah. he's such an arrogant prick. Isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, no, it, it yeah, it's another sort of. It's, it's strange because that there was no cue as well. I think that another day, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe if he was there as well, it wouldn't feel as. I don't know. Shit. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not John Cleese's fault. No, he, no, he no, was. He was. It was. He was a dialogue. He was. Just, yeah. It's, but yeah, he would have. Lightened it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, he would have been the perfect. I mean, was it Money Penny was uh, Samantha Bond? Yeah, she was. I didn't like her ending with the VR because that was too telegraphed. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it was. But it was funny at the time. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I. I wasn't that much of a fan of her as Money Penny anyway, to be honest. Lois Maxwell and Naomi Harris for me. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. two. I like Caroline. Um, Caroline Bliss? Bliss. Yeah, she was quite good. Underrated. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it's probably the, sort of one of those two, isn't it? Yeah, Lois Maxwell's the defining one. But yeah. I like, I do like Naomi Harris's take. Yeah, because right. she's Tia Dama in Pirates of the Caribbean. So and Selena and Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, another great film. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned about. Jinx actually that's a perfect segue for this because that's another thing I think lets it down I don't think she's a great Bond girl no I, I, I preferred Miranda Frost more I like the bad ones more I don't know why <laughs> that says something about me doesn't it yeah but I think Rosamund Pike's great in this I think she's like it's just the right amount of hamminess yeah but she would have been she would have been good in a you know ah uh, I, I can't really yeah one, but she is uh, I think the the inclusion of Halle Berry and this is nothing against Halle Berry for, you know is it did make it they were going somewhere they, they wanted to do a spin-off and, and and yeah it was she seems like it could have been her own separate movie she's pretty, pretty, movie she's pretty much doing everything sh- like shadowing bond or bond's shadowing her yeah it feels Which, like he's either interrupting her movie doesn't it yeah or she's just sort of poking into his which it has the whole even look got a glossy american sheen the whole film yeah has. it definitely has which like you said doesn't make it feel like a bond movie no and i don't know it's just like you say yeah it feels like a backdoor pilot into something else yeah, and I actually didn't know they were making a spin-off of film, Jinx film. Yeah, <laughs> considering all my uh, Bond knowledge, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, they were so they were talking about it at the time. Is that why they had the Michael Madsen character then? Because he yeah. would have been like M, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So the mojitos, thinking mojitos. I got me. <laughs> I, I mean, this is what I would call in this in defence of. I, I was <laughs> drinking mojitos at the time. I've never even heard of it until the film. I mean, I was only a young young lad yeah. back then. But mojitos, I remember I was in Manchester when I had my first martini as well. So everybody was drinking beer and I've got this glass. <laughs> you see, it goes to show you, when you get old enough to 
do stupid things. You, you know, you, you do, uh, if you're a geek, you do it based on films. It's the drink you want to try, though, isn't it? Martin? it and just for anyone who hasn't tried it, it's absolutely vile. It is. It's disgusting, isn't it? But you have to try it because it's yeah. Bond's drink. It's just like from Thor. Good I God. Know. I I didn't actually never do felt one. so much pain in my whole life. We. Oh, when I was out after I watched it, I uh, had a couple of shots. Then we oh. downed the beers. How so did you do that? Then, then a week later, I said to, I said to my, to, to my mate, I said, do, uh, I said I was really rough on this. You should sit me too. I was like, yeah, never doing that again. And that's a, as a kid still. <laughs> and you, they say, don't try this at home. Don't let kids do this. When you get older, oh, the adults are going. Oh, I'm going to drink that. <laughs> yeah. If Thor can do it, I can do it. Oh, the DNA, the DNA replacement therapy. We touched on it earlier. Absolutely. Like, it, I shouldn't hate it because it's a Bond thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. a, it is a very Bond thing, but it just, I don't have the amount of suspension of disbelief for it to work. Nah. Like, I, I, the thing with Zhao, I can get behind that because it's just changed his appearance a little bit. But not changing a Korean guy into a white English guy, it just doesn't, I can't believe that. Is that a form of cultural appropriation? No, I do. I think if all the little social justice warriors were around, yeah. they would have probably banned that. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Come on, you gotta be very careful what you say nowadays. Yeah. Which we've uh, which we've covered in a few of the other podcasts. Yes, we have, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, one thing I did like is the um, British Airways. Yeah. Gotta have gotta be British Airways. The Martini on there. And the the Clash. Clash London Callings, Union, yeah, which is I, I like that. I think that's a good way to introduce Gustav Grey. I actually quite like that scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's, I can't remember what he says to the waitress about. The, is, says something about the drink, spilling, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, and he just seemed like such a, an asshole to be around in that. And I actually yeah. thought that was like a real Bond moment, you know, because he's not a nice guy. Is oh. Oh, yeah, the Union Jack parachute. Yeah, which is a Bond thing because uh, you know it's like Gustav actually says he's he's took everything that he doesn't like about Bond and modeled himself on it. Yeah, and you've got yeah like the which film is it? He's doing in Jack Parachute. Uh, Spy Love Me. Yeah, and Buckingham Palace. Yeah, it's like going. Let's now we've got to show everything that's completely British, so we know that James Bond is a British secret agent, and they throw everything British into this whole one sequence. You yeah. see James Bond, then we see the wannabe Bond. I mean, but the thing is, I mean. We're saying that Gustav Graves is like the evil version of Bond. Yeah. Which is what he, he bases yeah. himself on. Yeah. But we've already seen that with... Many uh, times. Yeah. And my personal favourite in... in well, we've got two of them. We've got uh, Alec Trevelyan. Yeah. From uh, GoldenEye. And we've got uh, uh, Scaramanga, the man with the golden gun. Yeah. So when we've already seen the alternative Bond, we don't need to have someone that's had uh, gene replacement, DNA replacement therapy yeah. to show... And the silver, side of, of course, as well. Yeah, silver can after. I yeah, I mean, I just I remember actually sitting in the cinema, and my dad sort of leaned over and whispered, "But that's the Korean boy from the beginning." And I was yeah. like, "Sure, Dad, <laughs> but it's not." Like, <laughs> and then he was like, "Told you yeah. when it happened." So I I don't know if it's telegraphed easier when you're older. Maybe did you see it coming? No, no. Oh, okay. but I was so I used to, uh, This is the time where you know you sit through films and you like, and you just enjoy the films and afterwards yeah. then you start dissecting it because I, I think the film does its job or TV series does its job yes switch yourself off yeah, yeah. and even though it's 
uh, one that really stands is, that stands out for me is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, just before they kill Will Turner in the third one. And it's like it's so telegraphed. Yeah. When you when I was watching it, you you're enjoying it so much you, you don't see it. You're not in, yeah. You should be in the moment, not thinking about what's going to happen next. Yeah. If you are, you've already taken out of the film. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing that works in is when you're watching sort of like mystery films, and you're trying to think who's doing what. Yeah. But that's that's different. I mean, yeah, for films like this, you should just be in the moment, shouldn't you? Like yeah. there shouldn't be any overriding academic things going on yeah. until afterwards. I think when you they say saying if you if if any of Bond films Bond films are are nonsense. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. But if you're actually knowing what's going coming ahead, it's not. It's no, it's it's not fun, is it? No, you're not. You're supposed to be enjoying what's happening now. Yeah. And I think like Bond is all all about the the here and now, isn't it? Like look at this car chase, look at this gadget, look at this guy I've just punched in the face. Or so like uh, very much like Indiana Jones. Yeah. I don't think you think should think too far ahead with those either. No. Because if you do analyse it, you end up finding no, like, yeah, what is going on here. Yeah. But even if you break down, I mean, could you just plug? We're doing our, our 40 years of Raiders celebration this year, and I don't care how much how nonsense they are. But they are fun films. The Indiana Jones yeah. are this, the, the 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 same with James Bond, except for. Whereas we will soon have five Indiana Jones films, we are we are very soon going to have twenty five James Bond. Twenty-five, my God. Yeah. And this is where, if anyone's are curious as to how many we actually own, both of us can safely say we own twenty four of the twenty five. We do, and uh, none of the unofficial ones. No, 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 no. Although we have seen them, I think. I have we? No, I haven't seen all of them. Oh, you haven't? Have you? You've seen? Seen Casino Royale? No, I've seen bits of it. Yeah, it's I switched it off. I've never seen never again. Obviously, I would imagine we've both seen that. Uh, I started watching it and got bored. <laughs> I'll admit it, I got bored. It's what I wanted. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Octopus made more money. We may we may do that one day. I think just to sort of look at the differences. I think we might, I think that might be for next year because yeah. we will we will do next year. It is the 60th anniversary of it Eon's is, yeah. James Bond. We we may just do a, a year long. Celebration again. Like That's just gonna Raiders. Uh, oh yeah, uh, this totally same. This is gonna be twenty. This, this twenty five James Bonds, and this is uh So we've got next year. We've got an excuse to sit down, do twenty five audio commentaries, and then dissect twenty five films again. So we've already done a few on the pod. Yeah. So I think. As well, I don't know whether you know, out of order, maybe as well, so we can pick and choose. Yeah. And the thing is, we, I mean, this is what I like about these in defence of is that we can find yeah things in this. I mean, this was hard, but it wasn't anywhere near as hard as Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that was a terrible. I, one. I literally struggled so hard with that one, whereas I had fun with this at least. Like, yeah. I did watch it and think, you know, you know what? It's not as as bad as I remembered it being. I think I was just sort of the you know we all got a Bond snobs in us, haven't we? Yeah. Like, oh well, that's you know Casino Royale's closer to the novel character, and yeah. it doesn't matter sometimes. You know, it really doesn't. You talk about Bond snobs, and I'm going to admit that I for a long while, but as I got older, I was a you know not Roger Moore. Oh not yeah, Roger yeah, Moore. yeah. Now it's like no, okay. Roger Moore made one good James Bond film. It's called Man with the Golden Gun. They 
then when you get older you go yeah, I'm just going to go take up Octopussy yeah and watch Octopussy yeah, and live in that guy it's yeah. actually good yeah I wouldn't go that far oh I like <laughs> Live and Let Die not Live and Let Die sorry oh sorry Live and Let Die is good sorry I was I, I had a brick uh, no Live and Let Die is good It's. I was thinking of You to a Kill oh View to a Kill uh, yeah. View to a Kill no no Live and Let Die is actually a, uh, for me is a continuation of yeah it's quite a Connery so the seriousness is still there a little bit, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, I mean, now you can sort of watch Roger Moore and be like, "That's the Bond I always remembered." Yeah. Although, like Connery is my favourite, but I'm kind of in the boring. Everyone thinks Pulp Fiction is Quentin Tarantino's favourite film um, camp there with, with yeah. Bond, but Connery's my favourite because it's just he's the academic favourite, isn't he? So he I is. feel somewhat <laughs> snobbish having that point of view but I, I, I do actually think Brosnan is, is good as well like if we're from the subject of what Bonds are good I think he's brilliant so he's and those flashes of that in this film that were, that's what frustrates me like he's still there but I think he's just mired under all that bad dialogue and CGI and it's stuff that seemed like a good idea at the time yeah and is keeping to the formula of, of the, the the Connery formula. Yeah. He is. I can. Like we've said before in here, he's a continuation. But I think they were going down a path that was going to get eventually. If they hadn't gone ball all all out of a twenty year celebration. Yeah. Ah uh, no, 40, 40, 40 yeah, Sorry, sorry. forty. Yeah, I knew I was wrong when I said no, that. No, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, forty year celebration, twenty Bond films. Uh, if they hadn't done that they would have continued and it would have been diminishing returns they needed that uh, full stop start again yeah yeah. I think they would have ended up with a Batman and Robin wouldn't they yeah. situation you know because that that was eight years wasn't it until yeah. we got another Batman film uh, essentially killed that franchise yeah. didn't it and the, the and the genre yeah I mean at the, at f- interestingly enough I think the reason Dino Day went the way it did is, is because of you've got X-Men had just started up at the early 2000s yeah the Star Wars prequels you know so it's not really Harry Potter was on its second film that year and I think it's not a coincidence that we got a CGI laden James Bond film and that was the big thing in, in any honesty is it really no it, it really I, I 100% agree with you. it was a product of its time yeah I think as they all are yeah. you know you, Connery is definitely that's the 60s yeah. and then Moore is the 70s and 80s embodied isn't he although I do kind of go with the fact yeah, I think that Dalton is more of an 80s guy. I think that, them, isn't it? for me, Dalton is too soon. Yeah. I, I think the 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 James Bond comfort zone killed him. But I think we'll go more into that when we next year when we do like when we do a few, uh, Living Daylights. Yeah. And License to Kill. I, I think we're, we're I I could not sit down and do an in defence of. The Living Daylights because to me it's I really great yeah, yeah. And, and I really really like Licence to Kill yeah. I think it's one of the unsung it's like the last Jedi of, of James Bond like it did things that were totally different and nobody liked it and now they kind of think well maybe it was worth considering it was 89 it was it was the Die Hard yeah a lethal weapon even Michael Kamen doing the the score, score yeah yeah it does you you listen to it you think lethal weapon yeah and 
Yeah. He's. Yeah. It's. I. Uh, I think we're gonna have some. Good gruesome fun. as well. Yeah. Very. I, I. A lot of people have said it's like. Um. Like Miami Vice, Scarface meets James Bond. Yeah. And it is like if you separated it from James Bond, I think it'd be a really good, decent action film. I do a hundred percent, you know, and the little subtleties which you only notice when you're older about the the uh, Christian or whatever it is the church. Oh, the cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're actually they're actually using the thing to the prices of the cocaine. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking this is actually very clever in a it's James like Bond movie. You even forget it's a Bond film sometimes, yeah. don't you? I think like you think, I oh, this is quite a good action. Oh wait, James Bond's in this. Yeah. <laughs> and the gruesome thing with shark. Yeah, and the um. The grinder at the end. Yeah. A young, young Benicio. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, I think like now that's all we want, isn't it, from Bond? We want the dark and we want the violent and the the brooding and that. But I just, yeah, like you say, there was a Bond comfort zone and that had broke that sort of gone past the line, hadn't it? Yeah. And then I think Dying Every Day put that line back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we we need it. But then again, it also came out at the same time as the, the Bourne films. So yeah. we were looking for the gritty and taken. Was that kind so of period? We maybe owe the Bourne films, ironically, for the the Craig Bond yeah. outlook. Because, I mean, there's a fight in... Um, oh, I can't know solid. Where he fights the guy in the hotel room kills him with the scissors. Yeah. And... I, or the way it's it's one of those god awfully like too fast cut action sequences like they do nowadays but it reminded me of Bourne like and I hated to admit it to myself but I was kind of like that's kind of like Bourne <laughs> the quantum to me I enjoy the film but it's more of a an epilogue to Casino Royale yeah, it's, it's not suffer. a Bond it's not a true no Bond film it's more of a this is what happened just after we're going to tie up all the ends uh, which they again they need which uh, they went to Skyfall afterwards which was the which was the gold modern day gold finger yeah a clean sort of new storyline and yeah. not related to the other ones and I mean it's kind of ongoing in the background isn't it like the Vesper thing and like especially Inspector when it brings all that stuff quite full circle doesn't it but yeah, Skyfall was what it needed as well, like yeah. just a sort of clean storyline, just get on with it. But it's done that loads of times, hasn't it? I mean, if anything, it's proved that the longevity is always going to be there. People, people will all like going back to what we said at the start. It is it's ingrained in our culture. Yeah. And people like ourselves will always go and see a James Bond film. It's 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 it's. it's I suppose he, I mean. It is like it is like a religion. You will yeah, go yeah. and do it, and people will follow it because how many? It's like the same with Batman or Spider Man. How many chances are you gonna give them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it just wears Bond films wear their hearts on their sleeves, don't they? I mean, quote the good people at Ron Seal. It does what it does. It says on the tin, doesn't it? It's yeah. Just you're gonna get action. You're gonna get girls. You're gonna get cars and bad guys. Like, what more do you want? Exactly. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes right now. Uh, uh, we've got the names, the stupid names, oh like yeah. Miranda Frost. Miranda, yeah. Miranda Frost, <laughs> Ice Palace. 
and Gustav Graves. Yeah. Such a rubbish name, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what I think is the worst name in Bond. It's probably either BB Dahl or um, Christmas? Christmas Jones. Christmas yeah. Honey Rider, Pussy Galore, Octopussy, May Day, Zenya on a top. Who kills people by <laughs> literally being on top of them? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got, you know, I wrote down a little note about about gone. I called it the gone too far. The Ice Palace. The henchman named Mister Kill. The big space laser, oh God, which yeah. is which reminded me of uh, Under Siege Two. Oh yeah, God yeah. Uh, called Icarus. Uh, the film sets the lack the, they lack the depth. And the lighting, I thought the lighting was terrible, which is the first time when, in a James Bond film because they made it look plastic. And the digital over-practical. Although we've already discussed that yeah, because yeah. it was a product of its time. It was that sort of... I don't know, it was weird, like, jelly-looking CGI, isn't it? Like, yeah. day after tomorrow, water CGI. The ride, the tsunami bit, that was... That was oh, terrible at the end. And the, that is... That is bad, bad. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I know George Lucas always argued that that CG is as, is as real as yeah, puppets but and it practical. Has to, it has to be mixed with that, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, the best CG is only augmenting what's already there. I, it's just, you just know as soon as you see that scene that that's not really happening. And that's a cardinal sin in a Bond film. After like all the stunts are always one hundred percent real, aren't they? Yeah. Like you, the, all the you know like the scene in Raiders on the truck. That's a fucking guy doing that. Yeah. Like you never get away with that now. Yeah. And and that is the one step too far. But like yeah. we already said, and it is all the negatives in terms of production value. It's because that's what everybody else was doing at the yeah. time. And ultimately, what's it called? It's called the movie business, movie industry. Yeah, it makes money. And and uh, you know, uh, they can't. If something works, you ha- you you do it, and if something doesn't work, you go back to the drawing board, uh, which just, they did. You just repeat it till it makes no money, and you try something else, yeah. don't you? I mean, horror did it for <laughs> two decades, didn't yeah. it? And and James Bond, you can actually, with if you go from Doctor No right through to no time to die you can't actually see where these things start to go wrong and they said okay we're going to reboot it with uh on a majesty's secret service that didn't work so we're going to get we're going to get sean connery back so <coughs> that we can continue again back for one film they yeah. go okay we can do roger moore then that got to have you to a kill didn't work with the dalton ones because he was too far ahead of his time so we go back to the drawing board again and go straight back to what works yeah which brings us to die another day yeah, it's you can it's a peak and trough graph, isn't it? Yeah. Like and you can see the the trends as they happen and as they fall off and. Who was popular in the music industry at the time? Although I think yeah, Madonna exactly. was about twelve years too late. Yeah, I mean, I, it's another strange franchise, isn't it? Because it, I think it's probably the longest running film franchise, isn't it? Individual series, yeah. Yeah, so you're always going to see the changes throughout the decades reflected in that. And I don't think a lot of other film series, have, I can't think of many that that can do it, but can sustain that that amount of change that long. Do, do, like I mean, there's breaks in a lot of them, isn't there? You know, like Die Hard, Indiana Jones, and Star Trek, occasionally has gaps, doesn't it? And but none that are ongoing. 
and you can see the, the changes as they happen. I mean, the biggest breakthrough with Bond was between, uh, I think it was due to rights and licensing, was yeah, between uh, License to Kill and Goldeneye, then you've, and you've got Die Another Day and Casino Royale. Casino Royale, and any other you know, ones that have been post-Spectre has been due to the time. Yeah. I mean, we were supposed to have had, oh, oh just, oh, it was supposed to come out May 2020 uh, with No, no, no Time to Die. That was yeah. all, that was locked, that was ready to be released, and then in a couple of weeks before, COVID yeah. happened. Yeah. So, so uh, this period, and, you know, of, co of course, to get Craig, Daniel Craig back, so between Spectre and No Time to Die, I mean, that is, that, there's so many contributing factors in that but uh it's not because of oh we're we having to do this it's all because there's stuff that's just not but you you're, you're right and if you go back to say goldfinger you say about the time saying about the times you've got uh was it drinking a bollinger such and such your room temperature is like rushing to the beatles without earmuffs yeah and that is like hey the time's <laughs> like yeah you got that wrong and that was 19 that was 64, 64 yeah, yeah just as the Beatles to a, a boy band that were just becoming big there are a few references in the novels to the fact that Bond doesn't like the Beatles as well so I'm just assuming that Ian Fleming didn't as well all I can say is live and let die yeah exactly they George ended up Martin getting a Beatle to yeah. sing it as well didn't they yeah and George Martin wasn't he the he was, yeah he did the soundtrack I think yeah yeah so they got a Beatle and the Beatles producer to actually do a Bond film Ironic. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another thing. I, I mean, I know we were discussing this the other day. You don't like uh, Quantum of Solace? I don't, I don't. I mean, the music, sorry. The music, not the film. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Another way to, another day to, another terrible, way to yeah. die. And and that's, to me, uh, the credit sequence is an important part. And this, uh, the credit sequence, if you put it with a different song, the torture sequence, is actually good. Yeah. I think that if it had a, better song it would have worked because I thought the whole techno-y dancey yeah, it's just a bit doesn't work with Bond no. does it? it has to be that classical yeah. orchestra driven you know like Skyfall yeah. like as soon as you hear that you think that's Bond that sounds like John Barry you know those trumpet flourishes and it, it's just it's like this I think GoldenEye suffers from that as well that's got yeah. a bad song I like uh, is it Tom Arnold that there's no yeah he's a good composer yeah, yeah, David yeah. Arnold David, David Arnold. Arnold yeah yeah, yeah I think he's, he's a great composer yeah just, he is very good but this song is just yeah it's a, a guy called Eric Serra did um, the Goldfinger uh, Goldeneye soundtrack and he works with Luke Besson a lot he does like sort of electronic things I just don't think Bond suits being done like that it just doesn't sound right I, I I mean, it's different in like the eighties. Electronic meant synthesizer, which yeah. is cool, you know. But like, if you to kill sounds great, and oh, Living Daylights is great, as. But then you know you've got weird things like All Time High, which doesn't really sound like a Bond song. It sounds like a uh, like a power. Uh, I don't know, like a love song, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of doesn't really go. I I I I. I, I Musically, in terms of I, I like uh, a beautiful killer and the living day like Duran Duran. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, he's. Yeah, uh, because you know it is John Barry. Yeah. But in terms of what makes a great James Bond song, Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger. Yeah. 
and Adele Skyfall. If you want to pick the two defining James Bond songs, I would say that it's those two. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Definitely. And probably nobody does it better as well. Oh yeah. I think that's that's one of those weird Bond songs that you hear in everything, isn't it? Like yeah. it's in a lot of films. But yeah, no, I like you know as soon as you hear it, you think yeah, that's a Bond song. License to Kill is another good one. Uh, or you hear it and think Bond song right away so, and as soon as that happens then that's me already half sold on the film yeah. that's kind of why Dying of the Day was like oh, at first because I, I already don't like Madonna anyway so I can tolerate Madonna yeah but I did like I know completely different and more in your face was Casino Royale yeah yeah see that as soon as you hear that you think Bond yeah, yeah. Bond's first Chris Cornell yeah late great Chris Cornell yeah but I mean you know even the title of the song you know my name yeah of course you know who it is oh. look, he's back a little I mean that's the only nod to the camera I suppose you go yeah yeah. yeah yeah uh, you know uh, me <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that could be almost our podcast itself couldn't it Bond songs Coming soon to the High Ground <laughs> Podcast in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that would have to be a special, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could just do that for so long. Well, that would just... I, I'm actually, I really, because I mean, I mean, there's so much we we, 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 we will be covering on, on that. But I just want to say one of the, I mean, I think we might have covered this. Uh, you know, I think one of the best things that came out of this film is Casino Royale. Yeah, because we've got a grey iron. I know Quantum of Solace isn't as up, up with Casino uh, and definitely on Skyfall and, and Spectre, but I think uh, consistently, I think Daniel Craig's Bonds have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his perception of the character has been the mainstay in Force. If, if the even if the film hasn't been great. You know, like it's still the, the main draw is Daniel Craig as Bond for me, and yeah, the Skyfall, I mean, it's just a perfect performance by him. And also, you know, I mean, I know we touched on the on these kind of showcases at the, the times and everything. Is that uh, in Spectre, you've got the the thing that was supposed to be Piz Gloria, which is from yeah. the uh, Secret Service. We let the modern day Bond, uh, Daniel Craig's Bonds, get away with doing things like that, but because they do it so, if, because they they literally rather than saying, well, we've done we've we've done all these before, but we in a new timeline we're just going to pick things. The yeah. the uh, the assassin's daughter, yeah, you know, it's very much again on a, uh, you got uh, the Contessa from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. You got the end, which is very much like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. We're talking about Spectre here. But we can let it get away with it with Daniel Craig because of the grittiness and everything. Yeah. But when they do it in Die Another Day, like with Halle Berry coming out of the water, the, the, the nods to the other films, it comes across as a joke and lost and powery. But yet, yeah, when they do the similar sort of things with Daniel Craig's Bond... It doesn't seem as self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I think it's in rather interesting. Some of the comedy is, is a bit sort of is a bit but well more well timed now as well with Craig. It's more like dark humour, isn't it? Yeah. Or I mean there is a an absolute, probably my favourite line in the whole load of his films. 
it's not actually delivered by him, but you know in uh, Spectre when Mallory says to um, uh, what's the guy called that Andrew Scott plays? The bad guy that's like C, isn't it? C. Now we I all know call what, you C. Now we all know what C stands for. Oh. And you're thinking, oh, <laughs> oh, careless, right? Yeah. I was thinking oh, something else. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I do like. I really like that line. I think that's. Oh, he's. I just. It's just. It's just the way. He, Bond and Mallory <laughs> and Bond comes in just doesn't like yeah doesn't like C at the time yeah like, yeah he's like the new sort of modern Bill isn't he? isn't he the sleazy politician yeah is probably more dangerous than the the megalomaniacal Blofeld but I think yeah I I I think the best I've always said that the best Bond villains are the ones shadows that, yeah yeah Gustav Grape just wasn't that you still he was trying to be wasn't he and he was too he was smart too pompous and yeah he would have just been better staying as the guy from the start yeah you know just like a warlord it's like a typical sort of safe bond villain isn't it yeah uh, you know it's like I said this is this is James Bond's greatest hits yeah it is essentially it's kind of like it's kind of a Terminator Genesis, isn't it, of Bond? Yeah. Like all all the best scenes, or all the the ones we all know, are there somewhere. Well, or referenced. If you ever want a greatest hits movie, just watch Avengers Endgame. Yeah, but that's done like perfectly as yeah. well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think we've done a really good job. I this yeah. is my personal opinion of defending it, and it's there was a lot more there than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. Because when I, when I first suggested it, we were kind of both like, oh, <laughs> weren't we? Yeah. But I actually did have quite a lot of fun rewatching it, I must admit. You're just biased. You're a James Bond yeah. fan. I'm a James Bond fan. We try to find something. Yeah. It, it, it got us to, uh, to a debate which we, we had a while ago, and uh, it's something which we will we will touch on next year, is what is a great, great uh, gateway Bond film? And yeah. when we were discussing this a few weeks ago, Die Another Day never came up. No, you, we wouldn't have even dreamed, would we? No. But I would, I would really recommend if you want to, if someone's never seen James Bond, Die Another Day is the perfect gateway movie. Yeah. Because that way, if you watch Die Another Day, you can decide whether or not you would want to. You go well. Do you want to go the gritty path? Do you want to go down a real gritty path? Do you want to go? Do you just want to have it nice and light? Yeah. And that's the. That's yeah, I think that's completely spot on. Actually, I, I mean, if you if you had no idea about what Bond was or what he did, or which is quite hard, but you know, if someone was looking to get into to it, then yeah, I'd, I'd definitely, I never even, would never have considered it before. Yeah. But yeah, I think you try and get, as a fan, it's the hardest question to be asked, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're instantly searching the rolodex of your mind for. Well, this one does this. But no, this one does that, and oh, that Bond's not as good as that. And you, you're your own worst enemy of trying to suggest it to someone, aren't you? So, yeah. I think it's the safe bet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Any more? Any more words on? I no, I'm just surprised to be honest how how much I did actually not look at my phone at all and enjoy it. And it is what it is, isn't it? It's just like you say, it's as well. It's a product of the time, and as long as you accept that, I can actually led to give it the spot up from West Bond from now and I've now decided that Diamonds Are Forever is worse so I 
I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I sit sat down and watch all twenty five of them again. Then I'll. Uh... It's a decision not reached lightly. Nah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's like saying what you. This is like saying what's your favorite James Bond film. I mean, for me at the moment, it's Honor Majesty's Secret Service. But you just know that could change. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I've got. Uh, but then again, you. If someone asks me about James Bond, you, you always go for the stock one, which is yeah. Goldfinger. To me, Goldfinger is is the one you go for. It's the definitive, isn't it? But I mean, you know, every Bond film is someone's favourite, yeah. isn't it? So it's it's, it's, a, it's an impossible question in a sense. I mean, yeah, you can go down the academic route and say Goldfinger is because it did this, it did that, it defined this and that. But then if all you want is just a good time, then maybe Dying Over Day is your favourite, and that's okay. I, I do completely agree. It is the good time James Bond movie. Yeah. And I suppose you watch films to have a good time, don't you? So yeah. What 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 else? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but you know, yeah, I, there's no harm in it. Yeah, if you want a big, if you haven't seen it and we've just ruined a lot of it for you, watch Dying of the Day. Yeah. This has been in defensive, and I think it's been a damn good in yeah, defensive. So it's more interesting, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Okay, uh, we've just defended Dying of the Day. I think that's very successfully that's defended. A, an achievement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Stevie. I'm Callum.